Welcome to the Gate Crashers Podcast, where we storm the gates of publishing and dare to talk about the realities of the industry. I'm your Ivory Tower representative, Amanda Liedeke, literary agent and vice president at McGregor and Liedeke. And I'm your self-publishing insider, Therese Crow, novelist and speaker. Last season on the Gate Crashers Podcast, we did a series called Editors Uncensored, and it was we we polled editors and asked them about the things that they would like to say but wouldn't dare say you know like those like yeah maybe they're rude or insensitive thoughts that everyone has but but about the business about authors or publishers or the process or whatever so we're kind of flipping the script a bit and we're doing now agents uncensored what are the things that agents think but don't dare say there's like for me there's so many things that would come to mind if I was an agent yeah you know um I think one of them would be like you've pitched me this manuscript four (laughs) times still a no go away (laughs) I still don't represent that genre (laughs) one of mine would be well and maybe I wouldn't not say this I feel like I was I would say this, and maybe I have said this, but just because you change your email address or change the name in your email doesn't mean I don't know it's still you. Are you kidding me? <laughs> There's this, especially this dude from somewhere. Uh, anyway, this dude, yeah, he's sent me this basically the same book pitch, and he's tried to like. He's changed his name that comes through in the, you know, in my inbox. He's changed his email address. He's changed his, um, all of a sudden he's a born again Christian, like thinking that that's going to make me want to work with him. <laughs> and I'm like, but I thought last time you were Buddhist. Like, I just, I you should, <laughs> you should tell him, Hey, you got to get baptized before I'll represent you. And then like, still don't represent him, but you know, <laughs> now the base is covered sneak them in that way add that to my list of converts uh no just adding jewels to your crown in heaven amanda it's <laughs> such a funny way to do it um so i hit up some agents in the industry asked them to share you know their things we're keeping them completely anonymous these are not things that i have written down just for any of my authors who are listening and like wondering like She's saying this about me. No, like these are none of mine. These you all should absolutely from. do that episode though, but not say that it's you. Right. <laughs> but I have like really pointed things that like my authors are like, oh, I feel I feel really called out. Uh no. Anyway, so so that's what this episode is. And this episode is gonna be is gonna focus on things that these agents would like to say to aspiring authors. So these are unpublished writers who are trying to get an agent. All right. All right. The first thing, if the two line in your email is filled with 57 different agent names, it shows me you're an amateur and I will simply delete the message without reading it. happens all the time dude like, are you serious yeah yeah it's like that's like sending a, a group text like one guy sending a group text to like yeah. 15 girls that he matched with on tinder like, yeah 
that's not going to work. There's nothing, there's nothing wrong with sending your manuscript to more than one agent at a time. Like if that's the season you're in, that's fine. You don't have to wait to hear back from one agent before you send it to somebody else. Right now, but but don't like CC us all in the it, same or like right. Don't, don't BCC us. Some some people I think they think they're being polite and so they just like BCC us all, right? Like they're trying to like protect our individual. But it's like I still know I'm a part of like a group email. Like it's obvious <laughs> I've been blind copied on this. Like right. <laughs> it just seems like you're setting yourself up to get trolled that way. Yeah. You really are, because there's going to be some agent that's just going to be like having a bad day. And right. they're going to be like, nope, I'm going to say something back today. I'm going to tell this person what exactly what I think about their book idea. Right. All right, the next one. If your pitch letter says anything even close to, this idea is guaranteed to sell a million copies, it's a sign you don't know the first thing about publishing. Right. Yeah. Nothing is nothing is ever guaranteed to sell. Even like I feel like every author believes like their story is like really unique and amazing most most of the time, you know, but Mm -hmm. even so, like someone just being so like upfront about that in their introductory, like, hey, I'm gonna make a million dollars one day. Like that's just like how it comes and it it just it just gives this wow, this person has really high expectations and there is no way I'm going to make them happy. There's no Oof. way I'm going to meet, there's no way I'm going to bring this dream that they have to fruition. Right. And they're expecting me to do that. Right. So that's also what that communicates aside from just, you know, being out of touch with how the industry works. Yeah. Saying you're going to sell a million copies, just save that for your own self-manifestation time Mm -hmm. you know but that's the this will be a movie one day i envision this as a blockbuster hit like all of those things it's great to think about that and want that but to like lead with that in a business partnership it's just Mm -hmm. you're not gonna land an agent that way right they should be the one to say i see this as a hollywood hit i see this as you know, it should be the agent coming to you being like, right. Wow. This I is going to be great. If anybody else in your life came up to you and was like, I have a product that's guaranteed to make you a millionaire, you'd shut the door because you don't want to deal with multi-level marketing schemes. You know right. what I mean? Like that's how it comes across. Right. All right. Next one. If your proposal basically says this book is for everyone, for men, for women, for marrieds, for singles, for young, for old, for Republicans, for Democrats. It's telling me you have no idea how to write for an audience. Mm-hmm. It also sounds to me like maybe you don't read in the genre. Yeah. You know, which is always a giant red flag. Yeah. But there, there are very few books out there that are truly for everyone. Yeah. You know, it's just not, it's just not accurate. Right. Well, we get this a lot in, with uh, nonfiction, especially mm. where they think like this is a great life concept or advice and it can be applicable for anyone. And so like the book Rich Dad, Poor Dad, for example, mm-hmm. I mean, it could appeal to a vast variety of people, old, young, rich, poor, Republicans, Democrats, like it could appeal to a lot of different people. But at the end of the day, like when that book first came out, it had a very specific target audience. That's people who are interested in 
business finance, budgeting, right, uh, retirement, investing, you know, and typically those people are like they think and act a certain way, right? Um, or they are a certain age. Like yes. you can't be. Yes. You're probably not 14 and reading Rich Dad, Poor right. Dad. It right. is unlikely. Right. And it, it might be, but just like we talked about, like in a previous episode, you might be the 14-year-old reading Rich Dad, Poor Dad, but it'll be a waste of his time to market to you because you're like right. this random, random teenager amidst a sea of middle-aged men or, yes. know, or whatever that demographic yes. looks like. Yep. It also, I think, shows then if they don't know how to write for an audience or if they don't understand their genre, they're definitely not going to understand how to market and how to sell the book because they're going to want to hit up everything from, you know, Martha Stewart to Kramer, you know, like, right. like all of these different, like, so then where do you spend your time focusing your marketing efforts? There's going to be trying to get everything they possibly can. And then it's just, right. gonna, it's not going to land. All right, the next one. If your pitch letter or proposal is replete with punctuation and spelling errors, I won't give it a moment's consideration. We're in the business of words. I was just going to say, you guys are very familiar with, you know, human error. Mm -hmm. You know, there's no sense in, you know, you've sent off your proposal to that agent yeah. and then re-pouring over every single comma and every single like, right. line of it. like nobody nobody's reading it like that right but if you don't have a basic grasp on grammar right that's a problem right. for a writer you know yeah i don't remember if you said it or if where i heard it from but essentially um the person said from the perspective of an agent we understand this isn't written in stone when it comes to your manuscript we know it's a word document. It can mm -hmm. be changed because we as writers go through so much anxiety over, well, if, if I, if I just fix that one paragraph or if yeah. I just fix that one line, that's not it. That's not what's holding you back. Right. Guarantee. The right. problems are larger than that. Right. It's like either we catch a vision for this book or we don't. Yeah. And your typos aren't going to like they will if there's a ton of them and just like in this comment this agent says like if it's replete with these errors yeah like so meaning if there's a lot of them like we're gonna make an allowance for a couple of errors we all make them right and you know we get it and you maybe you don't have a good handle on how dialogue is punctuated i mean that's like a common thing to not fully know but yeah i feel like when manuscripts come to me and it's just like clear that they are like one massive paragraph and like just like a stream of consciousness in a bad way or even just being sloppy and where it's clear this person didn't take time to go through it a second time. Right. And I want to work with someone like that, with someone right. who just writes it and then sends it off. Yeah, totally. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Gate Crashers podcast. If you found value in this episode or in any of the episodes we've done, you can drop a tip in our tip jar. You can send a tip via PayPal. Simply use our link, paypal.me slash gatecrashers, or log into PayPal and search us using our username, which is at gatecrashers. And be sure to be here next week for a brand new episode.